Welcome back. I'm Jamie Maglietta. The past few years have been about reshuffling and pivoting within the news and entertainment industry, especially for women and parents. I myself have had a variety of roles since the start of the pandemic, and that's going to be the focus of this week's podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you already see my next guest, Anushay Hussain. She's author of the book, The Pain Gap, hey, and host of her own podcast, Spilling Chai, who as of this recording is in her fourth season. Welcome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Wow. I'm so excited. I'm really glad you could be here. You know, I'm focusing these conversations on the expanding news and entertainment industry in an effort to really inspire young minds and help people that are either trying to pivot or just looking for new career opportunities within this field. You know, so I just must start by asking, how do you describe what you do? To other people? You know, what do you do exactly? You know what? Every time someone asks me that question, I, I, I always stop because I used to be embarrassed because it's always changing. But the other day before getting, you know, prepping for your podcast, I was thinking mm-hmm. that's actually a part of it. We're always evolving. So it used to be Anusha Hussain, global programs director during my policy analyst days, you know, the feminist majority lobbying on global health legislation. Then I became blogger. Then I became writer and blogger. You know, this mm-hmm. was like early 2009 when the blog, you know, when you were online media. Hey, kids, when, when we first started writing online, people thought that it was supposed to be for free and everybody was a blogger. And then that became kind of a way to discredit you. That became quite political quite fast. Um, and now I am feminist author and, and uh, political analyst. Uh, but people always, you know, they're like, should we call you a journalist? You're not really impartial. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, during the Trump years, as a Muslim woman of color, you couldn't really be a journalist without an, a political opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a writer, but more than anything, I am, I am a feminist. <laughs> I'm a feminist first and foremost. And I use um, my, my platforms and my writing to really always put a feminist lens on how things affect women, because that affects all of us. But within all your writing, you do deep research. So you bring that journalistic integrity to all of your work, which is always commendable. You know, I must remind people, she's a regular on CNN, MSNBC, PBS. Um, You know, she writes about politics, gender, race, as she mentioned. And some of those articles you could see in maybe like Forbes. I've seen her in USA Today, Daily Beast, Medium. She's out there. And Mm. if you're not familiar with her, I would say she's also an expert. So For everyone who's listening, I'm sure they're wondering, how do I become an expert? How do I make myself stand out as my own personal brand like you have? Oh, that is such a great question. And you know what? One I'm learning about all the time, because as you said, and as you know, this space Mm -hmm. is exploding. If you had ever told me that I was going to be in media ever in America, by the way, when I was growing up, I didn't know that you could be on TV in America, if you weren't white. (laughs) Yeah. I always say this to my girls because they're so lucky. They have shows now, like never have I ever, they have so much uh, representation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny that we're talking about how this industry is evolving Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's teaching us um, that we also are, you we're continuously evolving. And that's something, you know, now that I'm in my forties, 
that's what I was saying. Like before I'm a little like embarrassed, like why isn't it, you know, you should be an adult and everything should be established. And it's like, no, you are evolving. And the way you become an expert, that's such a great question. And I'm glad that you said that I am one. Because you are. people throw that at me at a lot now. And I'm always like, oh, that's such a compliment. But then I forget all the work, mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. research. Having, you know, cable news taught me how to have an opinion. And I have a lot of them. But my <laughs> book, the process of writing my book taught me, you got to back that, uh, those opinions up with facts, research, studies, interviews. It can't just be like a new Shea thinks, which, in, you know, I would love for it to be. <laughs> I want my. It's actually a good idea. Like a new Shea thinks, new podcast. <laughs> Any award-winning producer, I do ever think of that show. But um, but that's how. And um, I love what you're doing, Jamie. I know this. I know oh. you're interviewing me, but I really love this because you didn't miss a beat. And I think something that I learned in the pandemic, being someone who I really, I hate, I detest sports. I'm not very athletic, but learning this pivot, pivot, like my favorite word. And you just got to pivot. I've watched my husband do it. I watched my kids do it. Now I do it. I'm watching you do it. And women, um, I feel like are natural, uh, natural at it. Because I think a survival. It's a really good point. I mean, the pandemic, you know, just because we we had the pandemic, it's a good example of of showing how women have survived, right? <laughs> Especially parents. You know, we as we were talking, you're juggling work, your kids, their schooling, your job. It was a rough time for some people, and it can still be, right? Especially with layoffs coming around the around the cor- uh, corner for many people within this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of where we are. But I mean, when you when you pivoted and when you've made those pivots each time, was there anything that kind of helped you know that you were making the right choice? Or did you feel like you made the wrong choices at times? Like, was there anything that stood out to you? Mm, that's great. I love these questions. I can't <laughs> wait to <laughs> mm. <laughs> have our own show. Great, great questions. Um, it, it's really scary. Yeah. Now that I'm older and wiser, I, I, I'm better at recognizing that when you feel like the world is crumbling under your feet or that, what's it called? The carpet is being pulled up from underneath mm-hmm. your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that saying? It, it, things are coming together more than they're falling yeah. apart. And Ooh. I also mm-hmm. know, and I was just mm-hmm. telling my daughter this the other day, my 10, I have a, oh my God, did she turn 11? Yes, she did. She just turned 11. <laughs> I'm in denial. (laughs) Anyway, I was just telling her the other day, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're doing school applications, whatever. And I said, don't stress. I said, you will end up where you belong. Everybody Mm -hmm. ends up where they belong. And everything is as it should be. I wish somebody had told me before that rejection is really a redirection. Um, At the the times it it felt, it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And going freelance is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that you're in the right direction. This is how you know, um, cause you feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, it's the same when I, like, when I got married, I was like this always never going to get married, never going to have kids, do that. <laughs> right? I was like, never. Yes. Never. It's the kiss of, you know, back in the day, it was like the kiss of death mm-hmm. for your career. So I was yes. always very ambitious, which has been such a bad word associated with women. But I'm going to reclaim that because mm-hmm. it's such mm-hmm. a compliment for men and it should be a mm-hmm. big ass compliment for women because 
It's a great thing to be. Um, means you have goals and you know what you want. Um, but in this world, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's ever, it's ever evolving. But my big thing was even when I met my, when we decided to get married, um, I, I just had no more questions. You know, so you, you, you can feel it, that, that gut instinct. I talk about this a lot in my book too, that we are as women, I think encouraged to ignore, um, is really right. (laughs) You know, you, you also point out that we all need to be advocating for ourselves more, right? You need to advocate for yourself. And I think when you make those life decisions and you make those pivots or changes, which I'm sure people are coming to us for, it's like you, you do have that recognition in yourself that you need that change, right? Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that I find so inspiring about you is that through everything, you know, all your, all your faces, all your, all your different appearances and who you are and the phases of your life, you've always brought such positivity to it, but you've also brought a, a fear, like that positivity brings strength that's attractive to other women. And it's, it's, it's contagious, you know, because you're always putting on a smile. And that's the point that, you know, I think is important to make within this conversation is, is the fact that women can inspire women and we should be lifting each other up throughout, you know, no matter what industry. And what is one thing that you've learned, you know, over the last, over writing your book that you didn't know before that you're now like, wow, that kind of changed me. First of all, it doesn't always feel so good and positive. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't mm-hmm. always feel like that. Um, this sounds so cheesy, but it's so hard. And you're just always tested. You are tested. People think I like, you know, woke up and was on TV, woke up and got this book deal. Um, I'm going to be 43 in January, but I worked for this book deal. I can really say my whole life. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it my whole life. And it was like catching a butterfly, you know, mm-hmm. catching it and then it was gone and catching it and then it was gone. And then I had this book deal at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic really has taught us so much. And by the way, it's not over. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. still in it guys. And as any mom will know, your kids are still getting sick. Your parents are still getting sick. Mm-hmm. But you'll never believe I, I had this deal and it was supposed to initially be all about matern- America's maternal mortality crisis. And it was like Jan, Feb two, uh, 2020 and COVID hadn't come to the States yet. So it was still kind of far away. And my parents live in Bangladesh. So I knew that in Asia, <laughs> there was mm-hmm. a big problem. And my agent was kind of like, I don't know if people want to talk about it, like another public health crisis. I, you know, I don't feel confident in this book, my ability to sell this book, represent this book. And I was like, oh, COVID's not going to come to America. One of the last things I said. Wow. And we all know what happened after that. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to, it's really bad for me to say this word, but I really just wanted to just crawl into a ball and just disappear. Mm-hmm. I just want to disappear. And, um, and it just makes you realize everybody, I mean, that is everybody's journey, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really look to my parents a lot. I can't yeah. Everything my parents said was right. <laughs> Even about getting married. <laughs> um, I have really, really amazing parents. I have That's really true. amazing parents who, my mother especially, but also my father, individually and together, their own amazing careers, um, their own amazing journeys. But I really just really look to them. And it, they've just always been like, um, they always move forward, onwards. See, 
So, and I love that Elizabeth Taylor quote, you know, have a good cry, have a good cry. Then put on some red lipstick, pour yourself a stiff drink and onward. So I do like to have a good pity party. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm, I'm very much mourning now. I don't know when this is going to go up, but my beloved alma mater, you know, UVA, mm-hmm. which gave me everything. Um, and, but, you know, then come on, can't be a pity party forever. And I really try to instill that in my girls too. See, but that brings up a good point. You know, UVA, you went to Instagram and you talked about how important it was to you and how devastating you were because of the news there. And, you know, we're recording this. It's November of uh, 2022. Now, the thing, the thing that's great about this industry, right, is you have so many different platforms to utilize, right? To, to share your message, to connect with people. Yeah. You're going to do it in a different way on each platform. You know, yes. on Instagram, you may become more emotional. Yeah. You'll have your, your, your cry. Just be like, here's what I got going on. Here's my news. Here's my, it looks like Twitter is giving us though. Yeah. I might get some intense for that, by the way. I'm like, <laughs> you know, for journalists, yes. for, for everybody, for activists, for journalists. Yes. I'm just watching it implode in real time. It is right now. (laughs) I really need it. (laughs) I really need it. I'm a news addict. I'm a news junkie. I have connected with so many people. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. That's that's a whole other show. But But, you know, you're gonna yeah. So how do you how do you pick and choose the self you want to you share on these different platforms? I'm really learning. I'm really learning. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently joined TikTok, and I was like, I'm only going to talk about women's health on TikTok. And I had my 11 year old kind of like guiding me. And I just realized now, and especially with the pandemic, like you just got to be real, whatever you're doing, even if it's Mm -hmm. a video about going to the bathroom. Yeah. People are so over. They are being like, and you're not working in TV. It's so funny Mm -hmm. how much of, you know what it's like, how much of, there's Mm -hmm. so many great TV metaphors you can take on into your life. Everything Mm -hmm. is so fake. You don't see so much of what's going on. It's like a fake set, fake this, lighting's fake, makeup's fake, eyelashes are fake, Mm -hmm. (laughs) boobs are fake. Um, But audiences pick up, right? They do. They do. Being real on TV, producers see it, audience sees it. And now what's so different, obviously, from our parents' generation is people call you out. (laughs) They do. So I get your point. In each yeah. platform, you have to be a different version of yourself, but that's, it's not necessarily a version of yourself. It's almost like you're sharing a different piece of yourself yeah. with each. But I thought like how you do your Instagram is, is, is it connecting with people? You're relating, you're popping up, you're being who you are, but you're also staying on message. Well, thank you so much for saying mm-hmm. that. I feel like you should be my manager. Um, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, what's really important also, because at the end of the day, we're professionals, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not a TikToker. I'm not an Instagram. <laughs> These yeah. platforms um, are so important. But also, um, I always like to say, and then what's the point? And who's your audience? Mm-hmm. Who's your audience? Um, because I'm really grappling with this loss of Twitter, because when you have an article out, when you have a link out, you know, how important it is to be verified, to have that message out there. And I was Mm -hmm. just thinking that I've looked at Instagram for so long as personal and fun, probably the most, you know, it's a respectable size, but I don't have that many followers, but I know pretty much almost everybody, you know, um, for a really long time, I was private just recently Mm -hmm. opened it up. Um, and I'm just like, 
you know, with opening yourself up comes a lot of criticism. I mean, like, I'm still, I'm still learning um, who to listen to, who, yeah. who to listen to, whose voice matters and who, and when to shut it all out. When to shut it all out. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, we're back. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's our conversation. Growth is so important. And as you've been out there with your book and some people listening are say, okay, she's an expert. She's written a book. She's put herself out there. But what did it take if you can remember back? I mean, I'm 40, I'm 40 as well. So, you know, I think those moments are a little bit recognizable, but if you could think back to that beginning you know, when you were starting to put yourself on TV, what did it take to get noticed? Did you think it was more like your articles? Was it, what was it about you that drew them to you? That's a great question. And I don't know a lot of, a lot of things also, you Mm -hmm. know, in, in Farsi, they say, uh, kismet. It's all over really the Middle East and beyond. It's really in Asia. We say kismet. It's kismet in in Bangladesh. We say kismet, and for Farsi, it's kismat. Anyhow, it's your destiny, timing, opportunities. Um, I never, ever, ever would have imagined um, anything happening on TV. But you know, there was a there was a period where, uh, you know, it really happened after nine eleven, where mm. if you were a Muslim, you became a spokes spokesperson for Muslims, and it was usually Muslim men. And I just remember thinking why is how did we all become like this there's like a billion of us over a billion of us in the world why are we being so uh offensive mm-hmm. and condescending mm-hmm. about muslims muslim women uh muslim women feminists and mm-hmm. even though i grew up in bangladesh deeply patriarchal society even though we you know mm-hmm. made huge strides and we're doing so well um i grew up with in like a matriarchy <laughs> I come from like a family of really strong women and really strong mm. Muslim women. So I was, I just hated that. I, I hated how we were portrayed and um, I started writing about it. Mm. Um, and, you know, initially I didn't even know I could get published. So I, that's when I started my blog, Anusha's mm-hmm. Point. One of the best advices I got uh, early on from my, uh, in my career, um, actually from my UVA college roommate, who's Margaret Brennan, um, you know, now CBS is Margaret Brennan, yeah. first generation. best advice. Um, you know, don't wait for someone to give you a platform start your own because I was like, are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. does the world need another blog? But I really started writing the kind of things I wanted to read. I just started. I, and you know, don't quit your day job, by the way. <laughs> I did this alongside a full-time job while I was doing it. But I think when you're at that moment, I was so passionate and, and, you know, involved in my job. I was obsessed with my boss. I was kind of like a cult follower, you know, at the time, uh, who's, who's an American feminist icon. And, you know, I learned everything, mm-hmm. everything from, from her. And I'm so grateful, but, um, there really comes a period where it, in your job, and I encourage all women to listen to their gut when you're mm-hmm. just like, is there more, mm. could I be more? There has, is this it? Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of raised to believe, you know, you go to college, get a job and right. And that's it. Like this online media and creating yourself and a brand. Like we grew up with this stuff. This is mm-hmm. not, we didn't grow up with this stuff. This is stuff that we didn't grow up with. Kind of it's yeah. happening in real time for us versus like my daughter is like, 
You should follow also uh, Kim Kardashian and her daughter on TikTok. They have a joint account called Kim and North. No one should be surprised. <laughs> yeah, this like 10 year old, I don't know how old she is, but I'm just like, wow. You know, so these kids also, they, uh, they know so much, but the best thing that we can learn from them is to be, be, you know, like Bruce Lee said, be like water and, and you have mm-hmm. to be, um, you have to be flexible. I forgot what the initial, I hope I answered your question. Um, I don't remember at this point. No, I don't remember. I've been listening to you like, oh, but we should, we should definitely end our conversation with some takeaways. So, you know, as people are watching, they're like, gosh, I want to be like her one day. So now I want to start maybe writing a blog. I'm going to put my passions to writing, maybe a newsletter. Maybe they could start off with just some posts on Instagram or trying to, you know, focus on a, mm. a topic, right. You know, and, and share about it. Yeah. But how, yeah. How would you, what are your tips before you? And, and if you are, um, so even though I accidentally got on TV, when I got on, they asked, what do you do exactly? You know? So it was like blogger, a founder, a new chase point. So when, just be ready, fake Mm -hmm. it till you make it. I I mean, I wanted to be like, why is he then calling me? Forget it. And by the way, the very first member called, like I was early on. (laughs) What is going on? Um, But that very, very first time it was with Carol Costello in 2015. I'll never forget at the CNN Time Warner uh, building um, Mm -hmm. in New York, you know, that segment, that conversation that Carol and I were having was not supposed to air. I didn't even know her producers oh, wow. were just, they just started filming us. We totally connected. We were having this, this, um, conversation. And then the next morning they said that it was going to be like a week or two. They were going to figure out what to do with it. It was going to be maybe a special series on, you know, Muslims in America and Muslim women. And I think the <laughs> just be Charlie shooting had just happened. Mm-hmm. And I was being really real with her. Like, Hey, why are you even focusing on me? Like, I'm not the only real um, modern Muslim women. Like, what's going on and, and all this stuff. And I was in my kitchen, like making coffee. Oh, wow. And I heard somebody on CNN that sounded exactly like me. Mm. And it was me. Um, <laughs> the last footage that they just put out there. So I think um, my takeaways would be know what you're, uh, recognize what you're passionate about and stick mm-hmm. with it. Stick mm-hmm. with it. When you're passionate, like at the end of the day, yeah, I left feminist majority. I started my blog. I, 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 invested in myself, which is what I think is very scary, mm-hmm. especially as women. We're taught to never do that. We're taught not to do that in America and Bangladesh, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is a really bad, um, bad advice and bad, uh, bad outlook that I think a lot of outdated men have. And patriarchy is so it's, it's going to be smashed soon. I mean, their days are really numbered. And I have so much faith in the, in the next generation of, of young women. Just look mm-hmm. at what's happening in Iran. But my takeaways are be mm-hmm. passionate, uh, stick with it. People, people recognize authenticity. And mm-hmm. even though, yeah, I have had to change job titles, uh, my brand has always been unapologetic feminism, women of color, um, doing whatever the F we want to do. <laughs> and yeah, why it's not? Done. Yeah. And please don't tell me like, I'm a little Muslim woman. I have to be like this. And then people being like, oh, she's not Muslim enough. She drinks or she's out partying or she's talking about, you know, people will always say so much crap and you will have haters online in, in real life. Um, 
I think my takeaways would be be passionate, recognize what you're passionate about. Don't read the comments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't that's, read that's comments. like in life. Don't, don't listen to the comments. <laughs> don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm really also still learning this. There's certain people I look up to that I'm like, wow, how are they so focused? Really successful people are blinders on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard now because, you know, we're moms, we're in a pandemic, we're women, so much caregiving falls on us aging parents. Um, so I really try to write about my life and what I'm experiencing at that time, because that's all I know. Like today I wanted to, I was just so upset, got the kids off to school. All I want to do is talk about UVA and I was getting ready to make my Instagram video. And my husband was like, really? Like, don't you think it's a little inappropriate? People are still mourning and and I went, but I'm a part of this community. Yeah forever. <laughs> and I made my video. And can I tell you, it was very, it was very therapeutic for me. I'm so glad I did it. And, and you probably even, you connect with other people, right? Yeah. And even if it has like a hundred views, that's another thing. Like don't get so caught up on, on the numbers and keep mm-hmm. going, keep going. Keep no, I going. I think that's because great. Now, you know, now more than ever, because what's the alternative? What, what is mm-hmm. the alternative? Roll up and die. I look at a lot of things that have happened and you're already a survivor, Jamie. I don't I mean, even have I'm to feel it. I'm feeling everything you're saying. I'm like, give me more. <laughs> I, I honestly, one for for such a long time, my mission in life was to become because when you start doing TV and you're just in the thick of it, mm-hmm. I was just like, my goal has to be to get a cable news contract, you know. Mm-hmm. And when it didn't happen, I just wanted to dissolve. And now I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad it didn't happen. Especially ten years ago, when I really wanted it, when I really wanted it, it probably would have mm-hmm. destroyed me. Um, but I look at what's happening in the industry. I look at what's happening in the world. You are replaceable. You are dispensable. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe to the company you work for. I think everything you're saying is so valuable, especially you know because I'm I'm feeling my myself. You know, I'm feeling it out. But but to the point you made early on in the conversation about you know it's right when it's right. You know, and it's really true. So, you know, right now, as you are able to be where you want to be and who you want to be, you couldn't if you had had that contract. And that's why life takes you down these roads and you wind up where you are and you're sitting there thinking, how did I get here? What did I do exactly? But guess what? It all led you there for a exactly. reason. Exactly. And here all you are. The, when you get older, you realize that all the cheesy sayings are true. It, it's for the best. <laughs> it's for the best. <laughs> it's for the best. I would not be having this conversation with you about being authentic if I had had a cable contract 10 years ago. I was, I was constantly asking people during my, really my peak TV days, um, how they wanted mm-hmm. me to be. Yeah. A lot of um, my guest appearances eventually led to my Al Jazeera. I was guest hosting for them for like a year. Yes. I was like, I have made it. This is amazing. <laughs> They're paying me crap. I didn't have a contract. Mm-hmm. Total freelancer. I learned so much. It was an amazing experience. Thank you, Al Jazeera, uh, the stream. But I remember one day, um, you know, when they were, they were like moving on after a year, you know, the show was going through a big revamp. But I remember just telling the producers, well, tell me what you want. Tell me how you want me to be. Mm-hmm. I would never say that now to anybody. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a very good point because 
And I'm, and I know this is a topic of conversation for you because women tend to feel like, how can I do for you what you need me to do? Like, how can I be the person you need me to be? Yeah. Like I need to be what you need me to be. Not I am going to be everyone. I, everything I am for everyone else. Right. We do have this tendency and that's like a lot of what I am as a producer. I'm like, what do you need me to be? I will be that person. And I will make all your dreams come true because that's how I operate. But as women, we do need to be advocating for ourselves, investing in ourselves, and not just women, people in general, but specifically to that point because of your focus. It is, we do, we do. And it it takes someone like you to point that out truly and to be as authentic and personable as you are to really get people to, to recognize. So I commend you for all that you're doing. I, I, congratulations on your book. Your podcast again is spilling chai. Your book is the pain gap. And I just, I appreciate you. I applaud you. And I, I really hope that this conversation um, helps others really get a better understanding of what it is to be an expert because you are. Thank you. Thank one, you. Uh, one quick, yeah. quick, quick, really important takeaway, especially for women listening, yeah, go for it. is um, be smart about your finances too. Oh, Don't good like, point. I'm investing in myself. I believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate. Mm-hmm. No, you got to be mm-hmm. smart. And money matters. You mm-hmm. know, now I'm 42. I can be like, oh, do, 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 do. but you know, I kept my day job for a very long time. I was doing that stuff on the side. As soon as it became uh, income generating, I jumped ship. But be mm-hmm. strategic, be smart. We're taught mm-hmm. that we're calculative and manip- No, your, your career is, is an investment. Be mm-hmm. smart about it. I wish these are things I wish people had told me. Men have it. When when I met my husband, he was like, "You're in an you're in an abusive relationship with your boss and your job," and <laughs> he, was, he was like, I, "I had been in this job for five years and I had never asked for a raise." And I saw him. We were dating, and this guy's like asking for a raise every six months. <laughs> I would never do that. I never yeah. do that. He was getting it. Hmm. Uh, but he told me, he was like, well, all women really need to, to be empowered. If you're a real feminine, you need to pay women more. You need to give women more access to money. I was like, this guy is great. This guy is hot. But he's so right. So please, <laughs> the numbers matter. Uh, money matters. Make sure you're in a good place. And if things don't work out, um, that you have a little bit of fallback. Because you'll have a lot of people and a lot of supporters when things are going good. But you will not have that many when things are going bad. So you got to be able to... Um, you know, be there for yourself first, um, you know, before getting married, having kids, all this stuff, but really take that, take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Money, take it seriously. Take all your numbers seriously. I agree. And Jamie, I'm so grateful for you and this podcast. I'm going to follow up on you, uh, follow up on you, follow up with you offline, <laughs> but you're okay. also living everything you're, um, applauding me for you're doing. I mean, hello, your journey as an Emmy award-winning producer of one of the <laughs> biggest cable news shows. Um, I don't know why she's acting like she's baking muffins at home. <laughs> not doing anything wrong with that. I did, but, I did bake yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could bake. I'm a very good consumer of baked goods. You did it. I, I, I really, I can't believe it. it was like a flash. I saw you on social media. It was like a over mm-hmm. and then boom. So it doesn't also oh, have to be that fast, everyone on their own pace. Um, but yeah, kudos to you. I look to, I look to women like you give me fuel. They really oh, do, especially on thank days you. like Thank you. 
Thanks. Well, we're good together. Let's let's yeah. spill some chai soon. <laughs> we definitely have to. Thank you so much for having me.